0: You're listening to the Business of Environment podcast
1: with Mark Roman. Welcome, everyone, to the Business of Environment podcast, where we explore insights on the intersection of business, the environment, and regulation. I'm your host, Mark Roman. And today, we're we're, we're going to start a series of episodes on, on how to maximize your investment in an environmental consultant. Joining us today to, to help us with this topic are are members of Envision's senior management team. We have John Weaklam, our senior geologist, and Mark DeGregory, our senior environmental scientist. Both John and Mark have over 25 years of experience in the environmental field and, and both are intimately involved with Envision's project work, interactions with regulators, and most importantly, client relations. Welcome John and Mark to the Business of Environment podcast.
2: Thank you, Mark. Good morning. Thank you, Mark.
1: Okay. So today's topic is pretty interesting and it's really topical to anybody, whether you're retaining a consultant to address in an emergency or or you have a consultant managing some, some routine issues or, or even a specific project for you. This series of podcasts will lay out a roadmap to follow for you to really get the most out of your relationships with, with your environmental consultant. Now for this episode, we're going to review what you need to do before you even hire an environmental consultant. And we've distilled this task down to four questions that you need to answer. Now, remember, at Envision we are consultants and and so we're letting you in on a little secret to our industry. We're we're tearing down the proverbial curtain if you will to let you in on a little secret when it comes to consulting. When you initially retain a consultant, an environmental consultant to help you out with an issue. Most of our time as consultants and most of the money that we charge you are expended to find out the answers to these four questions. You see, it doesn't matter what type of environmental health and safety issue you need to have addressed at your facility, all consultants need to know and understand the answers to these four questions. This builds an initial foundation of understanding For this consultant relative to your your facility. And it also helps the consultant to determine the best way to address any environmental health and safety issue at hand. So essentially, by addressing this information upfront before you even retain a consultant, when that new consultant comes in for their initial meeting with you, you'll have the answers to these questions at hand. So you'll eliminate all of that upfront work that that consultant's will be prepared to do and will be charging you for. So by eliminating these things, the, by addressing these, these questions and eliminating the need for that consultant to find out this information, you share that information with them, and now you can have your consultant jump right into the problem at hand. So John, why don't you address the first question that that our listeners should, should address? <laughs>
0: Well, the first question is, what does your facility do? Make sure that you can provide details on the raw materials used, the finished products, and the waste products uh, of your process. Um, an important point here is don't forget the auxiliary tasks that you do. For example, do you do, you do maintenance on, for example, fork trucks? Do you maintain your equipment? Do you have air compressors, vacuum systems, things like that running, you may not think about them, but these can be, you know, a major concern depending on what you're looking to do. You know, and again, the more, the more information you can provide up front and early, the easier it's going to be for your consultant to provide, you know, good services, you know, give you, give you what you're looking for,
1: really. Yeah. And John hit on a, a, really important aspect is is details uh and you know so so get a handle on how much of a raw material do you keep on site and how much do you consume as part of your production how much waste is generated as part of your production and what are those what what type of wastes are they are they hazardous non-hazardous or the universal waste what are the waste codes so on and so forth because that information is important and it's a basis for a lot of determinations that we may need to make as part of consulting. You know, for example, what kind of permits you may need. It's all based upon what you're what you're doing at your facility.
0: Another point on that that's related is, you know, while we're consultants and we've, you know, probably worked at very similar plants or facilities as yours, you are ultimately the guy who knows most about your facility. Or if you aren't, you know who does know more.
2: And sort of along the same lines with, um, you you know, having a grip on what's being used, what's being generated. A lot of regulatory programs uh, are driven by uh, the actual uh, you know hazardous substance lists whether that be federal or state and you know having a a really firm inventory of everything uh that's being used on site uh is an important uh step in that that could drive whether certain rules are applicable to you whether you're over certain thresholds for quantities of chemicals sometimes they're in aggregate so to have a really firm grip on everything that's on site and, and the quantities uh, of each uh, that could um, you know, determine whether you're, you know, either certain permits are applicable or certain reporting requirements are applicable to your facility. Okay. Uh, Mark, why don't you jump into question two? Okay. Um, how, how does your facility do the things it does? Um, make, make sure you're able to provide details on what processes are involved in all um, aspects of facility operations. It, just walking yourself through... The various processes at a facility, and, and you know, touching on what John said that uh, with uh, the first question, you know, that even includes you know your various maintenance processes. Th- this could be you know, you know, sort of a, a second wave of identifying not only what materials are being used, but also um, just the throughput of certain materials. How many times a you know piece of machinery might put through a product. That that could determine, that could even uh, relate to, you know, air permit applicability, um, but also importantly would be uh, really give you a clear picture on, all right, these processes might have this particular uh, safety issue. So from, you know, process safety management standpoint, it may be helpful getting a a grip on, you know, where you might have some some vulnerabilities uh, as you think that process through.
0: Another thing that sometimes that's worth thinking about in, in this is, you know, not only how you how your facility does things, but where does it do things? Sometimes, um, and this may be letting a little bit too much of the curtain up, you know, when we go into a facility, we look at basically the, the flow of material through it. Okay, you're bringing in these materials, oil chemical products, whatever at one end of the facility, and then they move through the facility with certain processes happening at certain places. And then you have finished product going one way, wastes another way, and you know that's sometimes a very useful framework to just look at the
1: overall, you know, the overall picture. And by going through this exercise of answering these first two questions, many benefits. Come out of this. One is you get to understand and know your facility that much more. Okay, you're you're going to discover things that you never realized existed there before, and you're going to have a a better, thorough knowledge of what you do and and how you do it, and what you use. And as you go through this exercise, also you're going to come across materials or operations that are questionable. And, you know, do you really need them? Or, for example, raw materials that are no longer used in in your your production, you know, why do you still have them there? You can start to get rid of that and get rid of these excess materials and chemicals that are sitting around really just occupying space at your facility. So by going through just questions one and two, you're going to have a more efficient operation in the end, because you're going to better fully understand your operations and really trim fat off of the overall aspect of your facility as you progress through this exercise. Uh, Guys, anything else to add to one and two? The other, the one thing is this is, I I don't
0: know as I'd say it's an iterative process, but as you go through this process, you know, as Mark alluded to, You'll start seeing areas where, gee, maybe I don't know this as well, or, you know, why are we doing things this way? Really, you know, you'll find you may have to step back and say, well, let me check on that. But again, doing the upfront legwork will make life a whole lot easier, quicker, and cheaper.
1: Okay. And let's jump into uh, the third question, which is what you already have in place to help address your environmental health and safety issues. Now, in, in this, this task, you, you really need to make sure you identify and, and provide details on any existing permits, programs, policies, licenses, certifications, etc., any, anything along those lines that you already possess at your facility. In addition, make sure you identify and provide details on any other existing systems that your facility utilizes And they may not necessarily be associated with environmental health and safety, but they can sure as heck help you out with addressing your environmental health and safety issues. One such system comes to mind. Recently, we had a client who who was going through the process of of obtaining an air permit. And as part of the permit application, they had to do an inventory of raw materials on site. How much do they have? How much do they use? And our contact initially started to physically do that that task, you know, going out to the warehouse and and counting materials they already they they, they have staged out there, but their warehouse manager pointed to uh, a system that's already in place, which is their procurement inventory systems, where it tells the uh, warehouse manager, okay, this is how much I have of item A in the warehouse, and because we're using item A at this frequency, I should order some more of item A so that we don't run out of it. And we were able to tap into that system and get us essentially a, a spreadsheet of the information we needed right at hand. So it was a matter of minutes uh, before we were able to obtain that information. So really you know, get an inventory again of, of what you already have in place and you may not see a correlation between using this system to help out with the H&S, but your consultant may be able to do that.
2: And, and just going through that process and providing your consultant with that information, it could actually, could actually even uncover um, some of the items that we discussed in, in questions one and two, and there could be additional, additional issues that arise from going through that step.
0: One, one point on, on this, especially in, in regards to permitting, is I'd recommend getting hard copies of the permits that you have and any related records to the permits. For example, a permit may well have inspection requirements. Provide your consultant copies of the inspections. Obviously, if you can't find the copies of the inspections, well, you've identified, you know, something that needs to be corrected, But again, permits will have all the requirements that you have to meet listed there in black and white. So, you know, that way with the physical copy of the permit, you know, there's no questions, there's no gray areas.
1: And and along the lines of what John just said about the, you know, hard copy or physical copy of the permit, also maintain a copy, a complete copy of your application that you filed for that permit because it's in the application. Where really the nitty-gritty exists, right? That's where, where the information is filled out in detail so that the when the regulators review the application, they make a determination of what type of permit and what should be what conditions should be included in your permit. That's where they, they get that information. So that is extremely helpful for the consultant to understand why do you have that permit and why are these condition, why do these conditions exist.
2: It might also help identify if um, if the uh, conditions of the permit don't really jive with what you've conveyed about what the facility does. Uh, it may be a, a red flag where there have been changes in the process from when the permits were issued uh, that might require you know updating or a different look and may uh, subject you to additional requirements or or maybe um, uh, less requirements.
1: Yeah. And, and permits is a, is a future topic that we'll spend some time on with the podcast because the, the important thing regarding permits is that permit has to represent what, what's going on at your facility at any given time. And it's your, your responsibility to make sure your permits uh, are evaluated and modified if necessary, whenever changes occur at your facility, you know, and, and Mark brought up a great point there if 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 changes do occur at your facility you need to make certain that you know do those changes require you now to modify any of your existing permits do those changes now require you to obtain a permit if you didn't have a permit or maybe those changes came about and and now you don't need a permit so it's it you know that responsibility falls on your shoulders that uh, you need to continually evaluate and, and have knowledge of changes at your facility and determine how do they affect your existing permits. So the last question here kind of incorporates the previous three. And, and the last question is, what is it that you don't know about your facility as it relates to environmental health and safety issues? So you know, to answer that question, you, you, you may listen to that question and, and say, well, how the heck do I answer that? Well, the first answer that you can jot down to that question is you know why are you calling that consultant in uh, why are you retaining that consultant you know is there an issue going on at your facility that you need you think you need help with and that's your initial answer is, is to that question is here you're bringing you're bringing in an, this outside expert to help you out here why is it because you think you may need a permit or you you had a release at your facility You know, how do you manage something? Uh, Did you have an accident at your facility and you need uh, to investigate that accident? That's initially the the first answer to this question. And then as you you meet with your consultant, more answers can come out as as you start discussing with that consultant what's going on at your facility and the answers to questions one, two, and three.
2: As you think that through, it very likely... Can lead to identifying where that particular issue may dovetail with something else uh, in your process that you may have already thought about in answering the previous questions, and say, "Oh, geez, you know, this is um uh, one other um item where I could use some advice from a consultant." Um, you know, it just it, it could it could get the thought process going where um, you, you realize there's a, uh maybe some other I- um, areas where uh, you know, there might be some weaknesses that, um, you know, or or questions that you uh, sort of need the uh, uh, professional interpretation.
0: The the those first three questions, the the you know, getting those answered and putting that information together can often point to areas where you know you look at something and say, you know, I don't know, and again, that may point. You know, your consultant to an area that needs attention. It may point you to an area that needs attention. It's, you know, any modern facility is usually a pretty complicated place, and there's a lot of the different processes going around, and they do change with, you know, with time and so forth. And, um, you know, it, it, it takes effort, but it's uh, – if the effort's done early on and as complete as possible, it saves a vast amount of time, money, frustration – all around.
1: Yeah, and, and as you review these questions and answers with your consultant in your initial meeting, your consultant may, will start to understand what your facility does, how your facility does it, and, and what existing permits, programs, licenses, and so on you have. And right off the bat, if, if the consultant you've retained is an experienced and thorough consultant, a knowledgeable consultant, right off the bat, they're going to start seeing, oh boy, you know, you may need a stormwater permit here, for example, uh, or you may need an air permit here, for example, at your facility based upon what you're doing. So having this information up front is, is beneficial. So, so if you're ahead of the game and you're in a position where you can provide the answers to these four questions, before you even retain a consultant, then you'll be And you'll be able to save some significant time and money up front with your newly retained consultant. The consultant will not be spending your money or trying to figure out the answers to these questions because this is the first thing we do when we sit down with a new uh, new client is to address these four questions. And by addressing them up front, getting that information to your consultant quickly, you can have your newly retained consultant dive right into your environmental health and safety issues immediately, guys. Anything else to add to this topic?
0: No, I think that's it. Other than you know, obviously we've been beating you know we've been uh, hammering on the topic really. But um, the more information you get, the more complete it is, and the earlier in the process that your consultant has it, the better they'll be able to solve your problems, identify areas where you can you know, potentially save money, as 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 Mark had mentioned. You might find that you don't need a permit and you just, you know, you did for previously and your operations have changed. Now you don't need it. That's a cost savings, a time savings. And the more of these things, the more information you can provide early on, the better everything is going to go.
2: And it's always a lot better identifying. Uh, speaking of, of cost savings, it's it's uh, most of the time a lot less expensive to address these issues head on then have to address them in the form of uh, um, some regulatory action like a like a fine or penalty
1: okay guys we've shared some great information with our listeners and uh, we're looking forward to our next episode where we'll outline some questions that you need to ask your consultant before you hire them for a specific project so until then thanks again everyone for listening to today's show And until we share some time together again, stay safe and be well.
0: The Business of Environment podcast is sponsored by Envision Environmental. Do you have environmental gorillas hiding in plain sight at your facility? Chances are you do, and you don't even know it. Discover how to assess your environmental, health, and safety risks, and protect yourself from fines and liabilities before there's trouble. Download a free copy of our book, Overlooked, Hunting the Invisible Environmental Gorilla at envisionenvironmental.com
1: slash